everybody and welcome to Water or Wine Time with Megan Weaver. Love, life, and entertainment. I have the very down-to-earth and talented Richard Vida. Yes, we've been working on the last name because Americans say it a different way and I want to make sure I say it correctly. So how do people say your last name? All right, so the correct way is Vida, as mm -hmm. you say. But people say Wajda. They just pronounce all the letters. And we've been called it Wajda my entire life, so I just go with it. When I meet people that are European or Polish, they know the correct. So I just answer the both. It's try, trying to explain to people. They just look at you like, what? It's Vajda, not Wajda. But, but it's like it's easier. Vajda is either than Wajda. But I, you know what? I can see why people do that. Because they're saying it every single letter. Yes. And they're not actually taking the time to really learn what it is. Right. So. And they don't understand how other countries, other cultures have silent letters. Yeah, they're like, what? No, you have to say every single letter. If it's there, why is it there? But we have silent letters. I feel like we have certain letters in, I guess. in the English. I mean, I can't think of anything offhand, but, you know, there are words that exist. If anyone's watching on Periscope, please let me know a word that has a silent letter because it exists somewhere. Um, so just so you guys know, this is Richard, and he's an actor, and has been on Kicking It, the which was on Disney, for all the little Disney kids out there, and Disney adults, because probably there are adults that watch Disney as well. Good yeah, show. There's yeah. a couple of stalkers out there that are following the kids. Exactly. <laughs> and th you know what? It's funny, because there's a friend of mine who told me that certain Disney girls or Nickelodeon stars are, like, she's hot. Like, she's an attractive-looking girl, which is creepy yeah. kind of but you know there are beautiful people that are on tv and yeah. they just happen to be young as long as no one's doing anything inappropriate right. to them then it's that's okay you can say they're attractive uh but going back to it you have you were in a film lazarus day of the living dead almost broadway ice cream and paranormal state so let's talk about kicking it and how did you get involved with working with disney i feel like it's a whole once you're in the disney crew it's like disney click yeah, so it's like I have friends and family who work for the show, mm -hmm. and I uh, started visiting the set a couple of years ago, and then finally I just asked for a job, and uh, I ask and you shall receive. Most Shut people up. are afraid to ask. I think like people go to an interview, oh, I'd really like to do that. Just ask, can I have a job? And the new season was started, and they gave me a job, so I started doing stand-in for the actors on the show. And this company, it's a lot of productions. Sometimes gives you the perks of being on the show, and I was blessed to be on several episodes. Yeah. Wow. So, so you were in what capacity were you working with Disney or a live production before to even be on the set to be able to say, "Hey, I want to be on the show." I worked for Disney for about ten years in New York with Walt Disney Travel Company, so I got to know a lot of executive levels. So, which when you know some people, when they know you, you're welcome in different places. So, so the studios was never. Um, a place I wasn't allowed, you know, mm -hmm. and then you become friends with people, and that's so, it's such a small. It, even though Hollywood is so big, it's so small. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows somebody. You do something wrong, we all know about it before you know about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like you know about someone being fired before they know about being mm -hmm. fired, or someone's feelings. So it's like, oh, I already heard about you. Yes, yeah, so people usually call me right away. Did you know? I'm like, no, I didn't, but I probably. But you did. already knew. Yeah, you yeah. already knew. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's how it is for almost any other business. Yeah. You know the juice or the tea about someone else's stuff even before they know about it. Yeah. So it's the same thing, same type of operation. But what made you say that show? Was it, I mean, obviously Disney has a lot of shows that are out. Were you connected to that show or was that show just happened to be? I was connected because when Kicking It was in season one, 
I had major surgery, and I was stumbling around with a cane trying to get back on my feet. And I'd go um, to the show and watch as they tape, and I'd sit with all the mothers and all the people in the back and just became friends with people. And it was my one day out of the house each week because, I mean, I went through uh, a lot with the surgery. So, mm-hmm. And then when the season was over, somebody was taking off the final episode of the season, and I said, can I do it? And they said yes. So I figured out what to do. The team taught me way stand-in mm-hmm. procedures and... Before you know it, I asked, and I was taken in the third season, and then the fourth season. Wow. Yeah. That's true, because, like, I mean, you never know in this business how things end up happening for you. So, in your situation, you ask, and you, like you yeah. said, you shall receive. I'll quote Oprah. Oprah said on one of her shows was, success comes when preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are prepared, but they're not around the opportunity, or their opportunity comes, and they're not prepared. So it just that was where mine met. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I knew what to do. I knew how to do the job, and the opportunity was there, and it was the t- right timing. You know. Mm-hmm. Now talk about let's talk about the Lazarus Day of the Living Dead. Mm, spooky movie. <laughs> spooky movie. Scary, scary. Yeah, if you look at that, I've seen that like on the IMDb, the picture. I'm like, yeah, that's not a that's not Disney. That's yeah. not heartfelt. Skipping through the playground yeah. kind of movie. What's yeah. that movie about, and how'd you get involved with that one? Okay, well I'll tell you right now. They've changed the name of the movie. Because there's another movie out, Lazarus, it was too close. So it's it's on DVD now. It's called The Hollywood Apocalypse. Mm. And the reason why it was confusing. And they don't want to the people to misunderstand that the Lazarus is biblical. And, and it's not at all. It's just the name of the movie. So nothing to do with Lazarus. Because I know a Christian friend of mine was like, oh my God, how would you be in a movie without Lazarus? You know? It's just the name of the movie. So Lazarus mm-hmm. was a person. It was a real name. So it's now The Hollywood Apocalypse. And um, I had... Such a bizarre role. I was beaten, tortured, set on fire. You're like, uh, I, I, how do you people really feel about me? <laughs> Is this a personal thing? And um, it's like they had, had hours of putting like cigarette burns on my back and stuff like that just to make the cameras look right, make it look mm-hmm. real. And it was more torture that the craft services sucked. <laughs> <laughs> How much Doritos can you have? You know? Like, uh, excuse me. I mean, if you're going to torture me physically like yeah. this, you can at least, uh, oh, that's you. You can at least, you know, feed me good. <laughs> right. And um, I uh, did that scene. The scene was like the longest scene in the movie. And the producers told me that when they were watching the edits, the room was quiet. Because it was like the amount of torture that I endured. I think people thought, oh, my God, what if... I was in that position. Wow. And it was torture because I was on my hands and knees tied up on the floor in this office being whipped and beaten by this woman, you know? Oh, my And it was more exhausting for me because I don't like trying to get up off the floor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're like, I just want to stay there. But like, ah, oh, keep going or stand up. But the movie was good. I went to the premiere and all the cast was there. And then I went to New York for one of the premieres there, too. And it's just like people look at me after the movie, like, because it, it looked real. Because I said, mm. I said to her, listen... Don't fake it. Just whip me. I don't care. I'm, I have high tolerance to pain, so it didn't hurt me at all. But they, you could hear that slapping and psh, psh, people like, my God, you know? So but, this was like a dominatrix type whip. I think so. I would say that, yeah. And she's whipping you. She's like, whipping, burning cigarettes, stepping on my face and my back with a high heel shoe. Yeah. <laughs> like she was really burning cigarettes. Was she really? No, she wasn't really doing that. Oh, no, I was like, you was... are really No, 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 like, I won't do that. No, dedicated. That, that was hours of makeup, but it was the whipping. I said, just okay. whip me hard. Make it be believable. I was okay with it. If, it. if it hurts, I'll tell you to stop. 
Oh, so it didn't, my you know? fuck. It doesn't mean anybody's allowed to whip me. So, it was, <laughs> so now people are watching and listening like, okay, so he likes to be whipped. I don't like to be whipped. So but I was we're going to cast him. <laughs> I was getting a paycheck, you know? Well, then now they're going to cast you in everything involving a whip. Why? That's fine. Yeah. It's like, as long as you're paying me, right. no problem. Whip, whip away. <laughs> you said whip on. Now, I'm on the other hand. I'm like, I don't know if I can do every film being whipped. Well, if the paycheck goes to like celebrity A status, $20 million, mm. you can whip me here all the way to, to the Bank of America. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Then if it's like A-lister status, then you right. can whip me. And I'm like, you know what? Just give me some aloe vera, whatever, to soothe it or whatever. Right. To comment, then let's do that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I need to watch this. Now, where can people watch this if they haven't seen it um, already? It is actually on DVD. I know Walmart is carrying it. I don't know about Target. It's places like that. And it's going to be on the sci-fi station soon. I don't mm-hmm. know when, but that's mm-hmm. something in the works, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if it's true. This is alleged, but apparently the people that are on the team, Jennifer Lopez with her production company, are interested in the story to make it a series. So it's mm-hmm. something that's on the table. It might be ripped apart to pieces before that happens. But, you know, if somebody from Jennifer Lopez's team, obviously it's gotten out there for others to see. And that's mm-hmm. what you want when you make independent films. Yeah, that's true. You want to get those A-listers to get attached. And then, you know, you never know where the project's going to go from there. But J-Lo, if you're watching and you don't want the film, I'm available for your the boy next door, the boy across the street. Let's do the sequel. <laughs> it's like, don't take the film, but take me. Yes, there you <laughs> and go. And if we're taking him, take me with you, Jennifer. I will go too. Because I'm from the block. I'm from the block. Yes, right <laughs> I am from the block. I'm not from not the block. Not your block, but a block on Long Island, not that far from the Bronx. Okay. Yeah, and I'm from the blocks down a couple right. states. So. There you go. She's on this block right here. Yeah, I'm from this block. So now mm. I'm like kind of like some blocks away from her because I'm, I'm pretty sure she lives in California, L.A. somewhere. Their home base? Yeah, she's... She probably has a couple houses. I I, I believe she has at least one here and there, so... Yeah. It's all right. We'll go to New York. You don't have to pay for hotels. My mother lives there. There's two guest rooms. Boom. There it is. So we're there. All right. We just go out, you know, got ourselves some new parts now. Here we go. We just booked ourselves right now. All you got to do is ask. Jennifer Lopez, we're asking. We are asking. Call me. Yeah, call me. You can call me Wajita or Vida. <laughs> you can call me Megan. You can call me. You can call me a different name. You can call me Morgan, and I will still answer. There you go. So yeah, we got that. So we're gonna claim that. We claim there we that. Go. Put that out there. Put it into the universe. Yes, put that in the universe. So you're from Long Island originally, yes. and then what made you decide to go to LA as opposed to? I mean, you're in New York City, but right. then again, there's like Broadway. There's that. What made you say come to LA? Well. It's t- totally unrelated to acting because you said you said it right. There's theater mm-hmm. there. I did an off-Broadway show years ago. I've done the soap opera One Life to Live. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, um, but I was working a career, like I said, with Walt Disney Travel Company. Mm-hmm. And I am a World Trade Center survivor. And I lost everything on 9-11. I was one of the only few to escape. Wow. And, you know, the disasters were that one. So for the first two or three years, I found myself just hiding from life ignoring it, dwelling on the terrorist attacks, going to ground zero every day. And I found myself at home, sleeping all day, and I was living with my parents at the time, and I knew they'd get home from work around 3.30. I would shower at 2.30 and get dressed to act like I'd been productive. Then a friend of mine um, got me into this acting school, we Barron in New York, and that brought me out of the house once a week. Mm. And I started going to the people's court once a week, so that was two days out of the week. So I was building myself, and then I started making new friends in the city and started creating this life. And the school I went to had a sister school out here. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me go out there and do one of the showcases. 
It's a three-week program. And let me see how I like L.A. Came out here in 2005, did the showcase, loved L.A. I said, I'm not going back. But I did it right. I had this, <coughs> excuse me, I did a, you know, a six months preparing and mm. finding the apartment and all that stuff. And I made the move in late 2006, and now I'm going to be here almost 10 years now. Wow. Now, prior, <clears throat> well, when you were at the World Trade Center, were you already in acting? Or was it that class that kind of brought you into a whole new world? I was doing acting before that, but once you, people fall into careers, mm -hmm. it just puts it aside, and it's just the dream again. So then when my friend showed me this school, and I auditioned amongst 400 people for a class of 20, and I got in, and then the second class, four of the 20, and I got in, I said, well, you know, I do believe. Like, I so, do believe. Yeah, yeah, like someone else believes too. Yeah, like, it's not it's just you. Yeah. So that's what brought me back. And my friend was like, why? You, what are you going to do now? I don't know. But I always want to get back There's into acting. There's a cold acting. one, too. Oh. Then yeah. And he's like, why is that always the second choice? Make it your first choice. And then once I started going back to the school and started doing, um, I got into the union that year because it was the movie with Denzel Washington. What movie was that? That I was in with Meryl Streep. All right. Is it on my, it's on, um, no, it's not on my IMDb. Oh, the Manchurian Candidate. Oh, okay. So me and some friends, we had this big cattle call audition. And in New York. Yes. Mm -hmm. And everybody except for me got picked for something. I'm like, oh, why? Because I'm heavy? I don't know. Yeah, you know? like, is it person? You don't like me for whatever so reason? So they were all chosen to do like some dance party scene at the end when Meryl Streep and somebody gets shot or whatever. I got a call the next day to be a, a maintenance man. I'm like, you look at me as a maintenance man? Well, it was a maintenance man that got me into the union. Oh, because you and, had lines. Yes, and it was in uh, a scene within a scene. So there was a scene where Meryl Streep was running through the kitchen, and they had a security office here with all these eight, nine security cameras. You hear me yelling in one of the cameras. Really? <laughs> so that got me into sex. So I'm like, you see, you never know. I was mad and upset. They all got picked to do a dance scene that they didn't even get seen in, and I got into the union. So you just got to follow every day. Look at it every day as a gift, you know, because mm. you never know where it's going to lead. That's true, and, and whatever opportunity that you don't get could lead into something bigger in your situation. Right. You no, know, you're feeling like, oh, what? why is it not, why am I not chosen for this? Because you're chosen for something else instead. Right. Yeah. So, obviously, you were into acting prior to moving out here and before, you know, even the world trade. When did you get the acting bug? Were you a child? I was, was it? I was four years old, and this might sound gross, but my parents' bathroom, you had the sink and the toilet next to one another and the shower tub was in front of the toilet. Mm -hmm. So I would sit there. I mean, while I'm exposed, but I'm thinking it's TV. But, and it open up the shower curtain as if it was like I was on the Magic Garden and I start talking to my audience. Shut so up. So I knew. So as I pretended. You know, obviously, I wasn't, and you're not going to see nothing, but I, that's four or five years old. I remember that. And then there was a show, Fantasy Island, and a show called, um, what was the other one? Fantasy Island and The Love Boat. They were on Friday nights. I used to mm -hmm. watch it. And I always wanted to be the guest because, like, uh, Charo would be a guest star many mm -hmm. times. I said, I wanted to be that guest on that boat. I wanted to be the one on, on Fantasy Island where the snakes are coming after me and the little little boy uh, tattoo saves me, you know? So that was it. I knew since that age, you know? Have your parents always been supportive? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No. <laughs> so they're like, oh, okay, that's cute. That's a hobby. So when did, you know, they start to realize or become She's accepted? She's still telling me to move back home. <laughs> But she, be like, she believes in me. Mm -hmm. She believes in me. But I have to. I, what, what happens is mothers want the best for their kids. Mm -hmm. They want you to get a great job right after college and stuff like that. 
But you got to think of this is what I love to do. There's really nothing else I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I do direct sales and all these part-time stuff, but this is what I want. And um, they say on an average of 75% of the television industry of newbies quit acting within the first three years because they didn't become a star or they're not making it. I don't have an agent. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's true. But the yeah. thing is, you have to have perseverance. Delta Burke told me that. Richard, you have to have perseverance. She was always told she was too fat, she was too tall, she was too short, whatever. And she had three successful TV series in that. So you have to have the perseverance and you have to be in it for the long haul. And the best example is Sophia Petrillo, played by Estelle Getty in The Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. She was in her late 50s doing an off-Broadway play, probably being paid $25 a night. And Rue McClanahan was in the audience, met her backstage after the show and said, we're doing this pilot think you'd be perfect. Come in and meet the producers. And so she did her homework and knew what the character was going to be like because she's like younger than most of the women. Mm-hmm. Came mm-hmm. in with that wig on and was hired on the spot. So she had success at 56 years old till she passed away. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to accept the road could be longer than others. Just because your roommate got a big movie deal today and you didn't doesn't mean like, oh, you're never going to make it. You have to believe. Very true. Very true. Um, now I know, just for the fun of it, I know Oprah, you reported her earlier. Who would you like to be interviewed? Who would you like someone to interview you, like sit on their couch, other than myself and my couch? Uh, uh, like for a late night show or daytime to interview you? Oprah. Oprah? See, Oprah, um, I've watched every single episode since 1986. And people may not believe me, but you could ask my mother, because she knew I taped that show on VCRs before DVR, every episode. And the reason why I did was because when she started, people said she's not going to make it because she's black. We were in a world that people, you know, we know how the world thinks. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to give her that rating over Sally Jesse Raphael. Because she was up against Sally Jesse Raphael and um, that guy with the mustache. Uh, oh. The one that we get his nose broken when he went into some tomb and... Uh, Geraldo. Geraldo. I was like, yeah, Geraldo. So he was on the three of two of them were on, and then sometimes Joan Rivers. She had the Joan Rivers show. They were all on the same time. I said, I am giving Oprah the ratings, so I would turn it on. And it was, you know, the change has, uh, the show has changed over the years. It was always like the men who have wives and the children who cheat on them. It was always like a scandal, you know, Mm -hmm. like that. And then it just progressed and progressed, and then it became more of an educational thing. And you know, I loved her so much. Since I'll tell you. Um, in 1996, 97, she had the book club. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, be honest, because you could win a trip to go with Afri- to Africa with Oprah if you read this book and talk about your feelings about it. I says, well, you know, that's honest. I want to go to Africa with Oprah, so I'm going to read the book. But it was her way of getting you to read a book, getting people to read again. Wow. I never read And this book was called Cry, the Beloved Country. And it was about a man who was uh, a healer, a doctor, in some small, small village who has never seen the world. And when he learned that he was always helping people, and when he learned his sister took ill in Johannesburg, he walked weeks to get there. And as he got closer to the cities, you saw how life progressed and saw how the world was different. And it was such an eye-opener to me for any mm. individual in any world. So it was, it was such a... Well, I wrote a letter. I wrote this story. I got called by the overshow. I'm, I'm driving home on the Long Island Express, right? Like, hello? This is when we were allowed to answer phones in the car. Yeah. Hi, this is so-and-so from the Oprah Winfrey Show. I'm like, Oprah's phone is calling me. <laughs> like, it's not Oprah, but her phone. <laughs> it's her phone, you know? And they said, I wasn't chosen to go to that, but 
they would like to have me in the audience when they do the show. It's a B story, meaning mm. depending on where it fits. They never actually did it, but it was like I got a call from Oprah's phone. She may have held that phone, you know. Like she I touched don't, it. She I, I don't get starstruck, but Oprah. It, I've gotten out of depression by watching her do things for others. Yeah, we'd all love to be on the Christmas show and all that stuff like that. But at the end of the day, to see the one little person who got this or did that, or it made a difference. So I never stopped watching that show. Mm. And that very last episode, it was like a friend died. You know, I was like, oh. So she had repeats for a while on the OWN network. Mm -hmm. They don't do it that much anymore, but... I loved it. So she would be the one to interview me. Yeah. And uh, she'd be the second person because you're the first. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so I'm the first. So Oprah, we're going to go ahead and put that out there. It's going to happen. Yeah. I love Oprah. I think that she's... She lives... Her studio's right down the street she, from me now. Yeah. Own is on Formosa. I live on Hollywood Boulevard of Formosa. When you're down by Santa Monica Boulevard, you see the O-W-N sign. And I had a friend who ran into her at uh, Starbucks. Of course, he was drinking her tea. <laughs> So I don't go to Starbucks, but I'm going to have to start going to Starbucks because if she might come in for tea. Then oh, I'll... wait, did he see her at he, the Starbucks? He took a photo with her, yeah. Oh. So it's like, I'm ready to faint. So she's the one. Yeah. yeah, you'd see her and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I think I saw Oprah. And then all of a sudden someone picks you up and you're in her chair. It's like, like yeah, you saw Oprah and then you fell a, out. You've been in a coma for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you saw Oprah, but I don't know. <laughs> but the positive thing is the IV you were on for two months, you lost 100 pounds. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. oh all right. Thank you, Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Oprah did it. Oprah did that. Yeah. <laughs> now, we just to get on the little gritty side of the business, I know we were talking about it previously before we actually started. Um, so let's just go ahead and delve right into that. Now, uh, we can talk about that specific time for that project. Let us know how that happened. and Because this is real, you know. So what, what was that situation? Let's go ahead and... To do a backstory, I was taking a class in New York, and one of the teachers was a casting director for a show on FX or something like that. And there was a Q&A at the end, and I asked a question about the casting couch. Does it exist? Does it mm -hmm. really exist? She got so offended because, you know, people joke about that, but it really does happen. It does. And you have to protect people because it really livid, it makes me so angry when you hear stuff like that, especially for a young, pretty girl who's walking into the office. I have never experienced anyone I know having a situation like that until just a few weeks ago. And there's a producer that I know who produced a film, and um, he met her. She was uh, like, she's a street performer on Hollywood Boulevard, and she mm -hmm. does parties. And she was dressed up for a party that this person was at, and he met her. But obviously, he met her at a party, so it wasn't the intentions of a business transaction, but, you know, it's probably a sexual attraction. Hey, you're at parties, you see a pretty girl. So he started talking to her, they exchanged Facebook information, then he noticed I was Facebook friends with her. And then he contacted me to ask me about her. Mm. And I was a little guarded by that. And I said the nice things and stuff like that. Well, he made, had meetings with her about being in a film, promising her to make her a star. I'm like, first of all, you can, nobody can promise you to be a star. He can promise mm. you exposure. But stardom comes when it's supposed to. If it's not supposed to, you have to understand the world. I'm not just because you have somebody saying that, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. And, like, first of all, and now part of me is thinking, first of all, none of his films has made it to theaters, you know? Mm -hmm. And everything's independent. He doesn't use SAG. So it's like you're at the bottom of the totem pole of movies. How would you make her a star when none of the other girls in any of your films, I don't know any of them. So they had another meeting in his, the office he has. Was in his, some building, but it's now in his apartment. And he put like some uh, a divider in half his living room as the office, and he had her in for a meeting recently. 
still promising her to make her a star. I'm going to make you a star. And then halfway through the conversation, he said to her, so when are we going to fool around? She called me right after that happened, and I was livid. I'm like, she left. She mm. said she had nothing to do with him. So it was a smart girl. When I heard that, <coughs> excuse me, I am so disappointed in that human being. I'll never do anything with him again because your intentions were not to make her a star. Your intentions were, because I looked on Facebook, he's filming a movie on the East Coast right now. Some farm somewhere in Virginia yeah. or something like that. I'm making these people stars. You don't even pay raptors, you know? Mm. So it does exist, and it's sadly, sadly, that's why you need, to, you need to be very smart when you go into offices, and people should not go to people's homes. People should be in public places or in business, in business situations, you know? Because sexual harassment exists, and unfortunately, you complain, they'll burn you, and you will never work in this industry, and they get away with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got to be smart and never say yes to anything like that. Now, what would you uh, recommend for people that do get in those situations and, you know, let's say she doesn't go to the house, or how would you recommend or suggest for someone to handle those situations so they don't get burned or blacklisted? I'm working with an agent right now. Now, this is not in a sexual term. But um, this agent, um, he submits me every so often, but very rare. And not too long ago, I saw something about a show called Marry Me for a walk-on role, a couple lines, playing like a chunky UPS guy. I called him. He says, could you submit me to this? He's like, absolutely. Well, when they submit you, they submit you through LA Casting or Actors Access, and mm-hmm. you could see what were you submitted for. He never did. Then I watched the show. He had the role. So I found out we're the same type, that he's double dipping. So he submits himself first. Wow. And then who he doesn't get a call, he'll throw me a bone. So what do I do about it? Nothing. Because if I complain to him, he'll never send me out. He can burn my bridge with other agents. So I just bite my teeth. And when the right agent comes along, I'll take on to a new one. But unfortunately, there's nothing you can do because people are mean. You know? So the same thing with this girl. <clears throat> the first thing you should do is tell your parents. If you still have parents, unfortunately, that you know people pass, don't keep it to yourself. Tell a friend this is what happened. I may not get, know what to do and what directions to take, but you need help. You can't do it alone because you do not want to fall in that category. Talk to your neighbor. Somebody will know what to do. If it's something that needs legal action, they'll advise you. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you ever had been on a set or a situation working with production that was someone that was just horrible to work with and how did you handle that because obviously if you're working on a film or a show you're gonna have you know someone's 12 14 hours so who was that person not naming that person but what was that situation and how did you handle that there was a show a couple years ago i was doing and there's a lot of background and background is very important i would never look down at that because you need that it makes it makes the scene realistic and there was this one girl who was a regular doing background thought she owned the studio If I'm on my show right now, if they say I'm going to do background, I'm going to stay where the background people are supposed to stay. Mm -hmm. There's a a level of professionalism. This girl thought she owned the place, was taking pictures on her phone, was watching TV on her phone, not where she was belonging, snotty to people backstage. And she's been seen a lot on this particular show, to which this show, they were going to have her back face. Because it's not about the background actors. It is, but it isn't. It's about the stars of the show. Mm Mm-hmm. So as soon as the director would walk away, she'd readjust to accordingly. I'm like, after watching this and how nasty she got with everyone who said something to her, I went right upstairs. They finished that episode. She was never called back again. 
I mean, so much you can do to teach these kids to realize is they think that that they're not being watched. Like on the shows that I've worked for, everyone's being watched. I mm-hmm. watch everybody. If we see something not right, we say something. We had another extra that kept on disappearing and was outside constantly on his phone. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like there when you're needed, you have to be where you're supposed to be. So everyone watches and everybody keeps notes. What did you think of that one? What do you think of this one? So if you think going off to do your phone, when they tell you not to bring your phone. I understand you might be taking the bus there, and you might need it for security reasons, but you shut it off, put it in your bag. Shut it off, not on silent or vibrate, shut it off, put it in your pocket. You and I did that film. We weren't supposed to have phones. It was in my bag, you know? It's an act of professionalism. Who do I need to talk to in that 10 minutes during the scene that can't wait 10 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just got to follow the rules, and rules are there for a reason, not because they want to be mean, but it's because they have time crunches, there's a lot of money, like... The show that I'm on now, it costs $1 million a week to produce one show. So they don't have time to babysit kindergartners, you know? Mm-hmm. Very, and you're talking about kicking it. <clears throat> well, now Gamer's Guide. Oh. New show Gamer's Guide okay. is coming out, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disney XJ, check it out. <laughs> yeah, little plug in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what motivates you to act? What drives you? You know, I don't know. I remember having imaginary friends when I was a kid, mm-hmm. pretending I was the king of this one or that, you know? Mm-hmm. And just being something different for a moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings? I do. An older brother and a younger sister. Okay. So I was thinking that the imaginary friends were because maybe they weren't there or you didn't have siblings. Did you ever incorporate or make skits or do anything with them theatrically growing up? No. No? no. They did their own thing and yeah. you, you had your your bathroom scenes. <laughs> Bathroom scenes. <laughs> bathroom scenes. That or was it. Find myself talking to nobody while walking through the woods and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know? I've done that before. Yeah, doing scenes and stuff like that. I think people tend to think we're a little crazy sometimes if you see us like in public. Yeah. Or when you're on an airplane talking to a stranger, you're you're never the person who you are. Yeah, yeah. You have lived there. Yeah, grew up in the south of France. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh wow, yeah. really? <laughs> it's like I'm doing character work, but they don't know that you're doing that. Yeah. It's like you don't know what I'm doing right now. Uh, who would you want to work with? Actor, producer, director. You know, I don't have a favorite. I like everyone. Mm-hmm. So there's not one person I'm like, oh my God, I need to be with her or him, you know? Mm-hmm. But the one I would say, Sean Astin, he's the same age as I, and I'm 27 again for the 14th time. Yeah. <laughs> we were born a month apart, and I watched him as a child growing up in different movies. And I felt like, like Wendy Williams would say, oh, it was a friend in my head. He was a friend in my head because it was, I watched all these films, and I felt like you know them. So I would like to be in a film with him. Mm-hmm. Never met him. Afraid to, because you know sometimes you hear they're not so nice. I don't want to have the uh, my fake friendship ruined because yeah, it's, it's like I liked you, but now when I met you, I don't like you anymore. It sucks. <laughs> so him, he would be it. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I could play his brother. I think we look similar. By losing yeah. another fifty pounds, I think. Well, he's gaining weight. If he gains another 50 pounds. Yeah, make him <laughs> gain the weight. <laughs> Don't change yourself. Like, no, you need to get him to my weight. We can play brothers. There you go. We'll yeah, that and it's funny because I work with, um, oh, I'm so bad with names, Shirley Jones. Remember Shirley Jones? Vaguely. From the Partridge family, the oh, mother. Okay. Uh-huh. Legend. Her sons are like David and Sean Cassidy. And, well, Ryan Cassidy is her youngest son. He mm-hmm. works with me on this new show, Gamer's Guide. He was an actor. He doesn't act anymore, but he was on the show The Facts of Life years ago, Mm -hmm. season Mm -hmm. six. (laughs) He played the man in the attic, and Mackenzie Aston, Sean Aston's brother, was in that series, too. Mm. So having conversations with him, hearing stories about the Aston brothers, no doubt in my mind that they're very nice people. So even though I'm afraid to meet somebody because I might 
get it the wrong way, but I hear good things. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that's good. At least and you're talking like... to somebody who's a son of a legend and hears such great things about all these people, you know? So. Mm-hmm. At least it's not the, the latter, where it's like, I hear all these bad things, but I have this good image yeah. of you. I want you to be good. Because mm. there are people that, you know, are like that. You hear all these negative things. It's like, I want you to be a good person, you know, that kind of thing. What about your favorite movies and favorite TV shows? I want to be in Halloween. Oh, okay. And they're making another one this year. Oh. Halloween 26. I yeah, don't know. it's like a but lot of them. Not made by the last project. I totally do production company. And with the way these uh, computers have gotten, I'm sure it's going to be good. So mm. I want to be in one of those films. Just I don't care if I'm killed in the first three minutes. Like, but but you're still in I it. I want to be in it. I want to be stabbed by Michael Myers. I am infatuated that I found the house that they used in the original one. It's in Pasadena. And I live in Hollywood, and two of the houses in season one where Jamie Lee Curtis was babysitting is around the corner from me. You so. know, I think I want to say, did you post that on your YouTube page, the um, house? Uh, yeah, Mr. Hollywood Tour. Okay, yeah. yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I was like, I remember you went to different houses and stuff. Yeah. But you need to post more on there, too. I have another one coming out soon, The Amityville Horror. Have you heard about that one? I've heard about it. Yeah. The movie, yeah. Yeah, it took place in Long Island in 1974, and... Uh, I did. I filmed outside the original house, and I went to New Jersey where they filmed the movies. So I have this story about all that too, and that's coming out soon. Oh, when are you posting it? Uh, hopefully, really soon. My editor and I have to get together and do final touches. You know. Got it. Okay, yeah. Because I realized you do have a YouTube page, and what's the YouTube page? We're gonna plug all this stuff at the end, but just Mr. Mr. Hollywood Tour Guide. Okay, and that's gonna be where that is, and then also clips of your acting reel and yeah. all the stuff that you've done is that's also on your yeah, and everything YouTube everything's gonna be on my website, which is about to launch called realityrichard.com. Yeah, it's under it's I, it's already exists, but right now if you go to it, it doesn't exist because it's under construction. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's gonna have everything from acting to blogs to gossip to everything. Mm. Do you have any project that you wish you didn't do? No. Because I think everything you learn from it. So if it's something like George Clooney who did the attack of the return of the killer tomatoes, might yep. be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Everything leads to something. You're not going to meet the next person until you go through another. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think you going through life is like going through the woods. You're going to pass a, just a horrible tree or a beautiful tree. Eventually, you're going to get through to the center. You know. Mm-hmm. So I have no regrets on anything because it's like at the moment... People are like, oh, I love doing it. Then you're embarrassed because people laugh. You're an actor. They're going to laugh. They're going to cry. They're going to point at you. They're going to make fun of you. Get over it, you know? No regrets on anything. I like that. What about your style? What's your style of acting? Or are you kind of a smorgasbord? I'm a smorgasbord, but comedy is my forte. I could turn any scene into a comedy. Like when I was taking soap opera classes, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a scene where somebody died for the 14th time and the audience is cracking up, you know? So it's definitely comedy. Sitcom, I want my own sitcom. Or, mm-hmm. or a movie like um, Bridesmaids, you know, that kind of genre. Oh, yeah. So it's like funny because I, I don't know. I, could, I always have a tragic story to tell you, but like, you know, there was a murder. There was a, a woman died in my building a few weeks ago and I found her body in the pool. And my neighbor, Wait, you found her body? Yeah, so I saw her 15 minutes before and then she had a seizure, fell in and drowned. My, I came looking out the window, and there she was. By the time I got downstairs, they dragged her out of the pool, and they, this and that. It was tragic. <coughs> but all that was going on, KTLA News was outside the front recording from across the street. Then it repeated on the news every, every hour that morning called Hollywood Drowning. You could see it at onscene.tv, Hollywood Drowning. Yeah. And... My God, you see her on the ground, that they're pumping her, but I'm wearing this horrible green tank top. <laughs> I, I, was, I was not dressed for that. 
And every time somebody said, Rich, you're wearing that green tank top. I was getting phone calls. The woman's dead on the floor. That green tank top. <laughs> it's like, well, let's focus on the one. But that green oh, tank top. When I look at it, I, the angle they got for me, the camera does add 150 pounds. Oh, That's why when my. you take pictures, you got to go certain angles. Angled sideways doesn't work for a heavy person. You know? Oh, my God. Just look at that on onscene.tv, Hollywood John, that green tank top. Horrible. Do you say horrible? <laughs> Do you know what that like? It kind of reminds me of. I don't know if you watched the show Unbreakable with Kimmy. Sch- or mm-hmm. um, okay, yeah. it kind of reminds me of like a scene that. Um, what's his name? The Titus. Yeah, I'm so bad with names. Yeah, Titus on the show because there's a scene where uh, I'm not gonna kill a you know too much of whoever's following or listening to that show, but she goes back home. And does something, and he's like, it's his moment to shine. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that kind of has mm-hmm. me thinking about that. Like, this is your moment. I don't know why I thought it was going to be your moment. <laughs> this lady's drowning, and you're like, but my tank top, focus on me, or you're doing something <laughs> like this stands out. But that's crazy. Um, oh, where was it? Uh, yeah, so what was the site again? Because I actually want to look that up. Yeah, it's onscene.tv. Onscene.tv. With this company goes around ambulance chasing and then they sell their clips to networks got it and then once you do it there's hundreds of stuff it's a hollywood drowning is the is the title of that one hollywood drowning and i was like and it's so sad because that woman was a troublemaker in the building and the day before i'm at my work saying this woman she's gonna drown in the pool because i even wrote a letter to the owner two weeks before saying this is dangerous we have to get her in a group home or something that next day I go to work and tell them that they drowned. They were like, that would be tragic, but they're all cracking the bladder because you just said that last I night. just said it. Yeah. Man, see, they could have saved her. Someone could have saved her, but too late. But Let's... you know what? I don't know, because we talked to her. Some of the neighbors were devastated. You know what? She could have, two of my neighbors were helping her out. She was on the lounge chair 15 minutes before getting her comfortable. It could have happened at 6 a.m. It could have happened at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So, I mean, you can't sit there and cry, well, what if, why, why wasn't I outside walking the dog at 12.01? Mm, you know? You never know. You when never it's know. someone's time to go, it's their time. Yeah. Well, outside of, you know, doing your shows and, you know, finding people drowning, <laughs> what do you like to do in your spare time? What's your hobbies? Travel. I love to travel. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty much in New York every month. So oh, good. So, paycheck to paycheck, just so I can get out there. I just was in New York last week. I had a convention in Syracuse because I'm doing e-commerce business uh, on the side on direct marketing sales. And uh, we had a big national convention. I spoke amongst thousands of people. You know, mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Like an actor's dream. Like, yeah. yes, this is my audience. <laughs> it's your yeah. stage. Yeah, they may have been people on the subway track waiting for the train. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, but I was performing. Right. You may not have heard me, but I was talking to you. I you was know? talking to you. Yeah, so I do that. I travel. My whole family's in New York, my immediate family, so I try mm-hmm. to go as much as I can. And, um, you know, I like to travel. Um, I am love TV, so I'm always watching television. I do hike, but it's just some health issues. I can't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't do Runyon, but I do do the Hollywood sign. People are like, okay. well, it's much higher. I know, but it's not as steep as Runyon, but mm-hmm. it's a nice graze. I sit and relax. And then I get to the Hollywood sign, you're on this road above the sign, and you can look down and think about your life. If I can make it this here, I can make it anywhere, you know? So that's mm. my way of, um, what do you call it, when you meditate, you know? Yeah, like your inspirational Meditate meditation. while hashtagging at the same time. Yes, hashtagging this walk as you're on social media doing yeah. all that stuff. Good. Um, yeah, oh, uh, where was I, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah, so your love life. There's no love life. <laughs> You're like, what What love life? There's no, you notice I don't know what I'm looking for. 
mm-hmm. I think when it finds me, you know? And then I look at every person I know, whether they're in a relationship, whether they're married, whether they're dating, whether it's man, woman, 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 man, man, everyone has the same problems. And mm-hmm. everybody cheats. And, everybody, and I'm, just, I'm just so disgusted with people. I just, so, I'm tired of lying. So I sit there, I'm, I'm like everybody's grandfather. They'll tell me their problems, and I'll give them advice, and they don't follow it, and exactly what happens is what I'm going to tell them happens, you know? Because I've seen it all. I grew mm-hmm. up with so many cousins, so many relatives, so many neighbors. Everything repeats itself. So, mm-hmm. really, there's no love left out that I'm looking. I'm not looking, but, you know, until it bites you in the face, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's like, there's no time. I'm having medical issues. I'm doing a lot of stuff with that. Um, and then traveling, and then work seven days a week. So, it's like, there's no time. I don't get out as much. I hate going to bars. I gave up alcohol for my New Year's resolutions. Good. Say it's almost July thirtieth, so it's almost seven months that mm-hmm. I drink. And just not that I had a problem. I just, just ch- I choose something different every year. You know, next year it'll be cheese. I don't know. <laughs> it's alcohol, yeah. then cheese, and then you'll bring back alcohol or bring back cheese. Yeah, and then it's also trying to make ends meet out here in Hollywood. So the shows come and go. I also do Uber, mm-hmm. and that's fun because you meet such interesting people from. Mm-hmm celebrities to crazy vampires from Transylvania to probably drug deals going on in your car. I won't say what Bel Air mansion I went to, to this big celebrity oh. house that sells drugs. Um, oh, wait, so you knew? Not saying the name, but... I didn't know. This person was like, I'm going to so-and-so's house. I'm like, oh, a big, huge star. And... Uh, where they were going to their house to sell drugs? To pick up drugs. Oh, to pick up this drugs. This celebrity son is a big drug dealer in Bel Air. Oh, shit. But I wouldn't feel comfortable driving him with the drugs. It was a drop-off. But that's not the first time I've dropped more people off over there. So it's like, I know never to pick up from that house. Because when the police come to my car, I'm going down with them. So... There's a lot of shady stuff that happens here in Hollywood. So that's going on there. Wait, so, I mean... I know regardless, because if you have guests in your car, if someone's in your car, of course, you're going down with them. But if the same thing with Uber, like, I wonder if the same thing... I don't think I would go down, because you don't know, if you're picking up somebody with luggage, you don't know... You you don't know what's in their stuff, because it's not your friend, it's a ride share, it's not a taxi. I don't think I would have a problem, but just the thought of it, I do not want that stuff. Yeah. So, that's funny, it seems like everybody tells you their private business when driving an Uber... Little they know, I'm tweeting, right? No, no, never tweet. Yeah. But it's like, I'll call Ashley. I'm like, oh my God, wait till I tell you what happened. And she's like, oh, I heard that before. Well, it's true. Dang. <laughs> Amongst my friends. You know, your circle. Your, yeah, you your, tell your, your kitchen, people. Kitchen table talk, but I won't post stuff like that. Yeah. Because I don't want them finding me, you know? And then that person, that big wig celebrity person is like, oh, I'm not going to work with you or find out who yeah, you Yeah, right. Are. It will ruin your next job. So, you, you know what? People do, you make your own choices. I choose not to participate in stuff like that. So, but I can't control what other people do. So you just let live your own life and just follow your own path, you know? Because I don't want to burn my bridge with people. Because what if it's like Oprah's assistant that I just, you know, it's not. Oh, I shouldn't God. even use it as an example. Yeah, no. <coughs> but I'll never Well, then you said, you said it was someone's kid, too. And we know Oprah doesn't have kids. So. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, for example, of, 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 of you know, you, you, a lot of celebrities will have you sign confidential agreements. Bette Midler's known for that. I've, oh, before you even... When you work it, on a project, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought See, you meant Ubering. I'm no, like, no, oh, no, I have no. to sign that before I take no, you somewhere. Okay. So, so I've never signed a confidential, but I have respect for people. So, if it, like, there was an A celebrity from the 90s who had turned to a drug pass and now got his daughter back, is picking up the pieces, is doing a play, and he was in my car, and I recognized him from a show from the 90s that was on for years. 
And he was kind of embarrassed. I'm like, don't be embarrassed. Look at you. You got a job. You're taking care of your daughter. You're doing a play. You know, it all comes yeah. back around. So you never know who's going to be in those cars. And I forgot my thought. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Meaning, all right, so you never know who's going to be in the cars. And I forgot where I was going. Well, we were talking about Uber, and then you were talking about confidentiality. Oh, confidentiality. So, I mean, I'm not going to share this person's name because he is fixing his life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, you never know because if it wasn't him, what if, like, when that's why I brought up Oprah's name, what if I'm driving her assistant? I don't know it's her. And I badmouth her, and maybe she saw your podcast and was going to have me in tomorrow. Now it's going to be canceled because of my mouth, you Mm -hmm. know? So, you got to learn to respect the privacy of others because I have secrets. I don't really keep my secrets. I share stuff. But what if there was something I don't want out there? So it's the same thing. Just because somebody, like people love to hate on the Kardashians. I don't know them. I know three of them, but just at an acquaintance level, um, I'm not going to bash them. Let them bash themselves, you know? Yeah. 90% of the time people do that to themselves. Yes. It's like if you think someone's crazy, they're going to say something crazy and let themselves. Let them do it to themselves. I don't need to tell you. Anything. You know? Yeah. It's like, if you know that you're, if you feel like just off because it's relevant, Donald Trump, you know, we don't need to talk about how he feels about, you know, certain races. Who is he? <laughs> exactly. You just, really? who? you're like, Donald who? who? No. I don't see? know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. Not, not, yeah. Yeah. So it's like some people, they bash themselves. They say right. the crazy things for themselves. So it's like, I don't need to say anything crazy about you because you're going to... You're going to do it yourself. You're going to do it yourself. Because you know what it is? There are people that just don't like all the races and that's fine. You have the right to believe what you want. But do not harm people in public because of who they are. Mm-hmm. And you did that to a whole country of people that are trying to get a better life here. You just lost the Hispanic vote. Yeah. Simple as that. You know? Yeah. And my vote. Yeah, you said, and my vote. <laughs> and you're not even... You're Polish. Yeah, but I'm but, a human but I'm, being. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't affected you as a country, but it's still like I don't be, like be when you do other people. Be mad at the person that sold the drugs. Be mad at that one person who hopped over and killed somebody in a car. Not a whole country. Exactly. Yeah. But like I'm saying, that's the example where people kind of you tear themselves apart. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't need to say anything about He's you. He's doing a wonderful job on his own. Yeah, like I'm gonna let you do that. If you think someone's crazy, just go ahead and let them tear. Mm-hmm. The, the demise of them will end up happening. Mm-hmm. Poor kid, not poor kid. The one that's having the drug deals. That's the big wig in Bel Air. Hate to say it, but when you get into that world, we all know what happens. Right. So. It doesn't end positive. So mm-hmm. hopefully, this kid will shift and change his life around mm-hmm. somehow. But in reality. That's what happened. That's a public service announcement. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it does, you know, because um, there's, we've seen a lot of people turn themselves around that are publicly doing wonderful now, Mm -hmm. you know, so just you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find it within yourself that Mm -hmm. you want to heal yourself and people telling you what to do is not going to do it. So I just stay out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? I I remember what it was. You love to travel. Mm -hmm. Where is the best place you've ever? Japan. Japan. I loved Tokyo. I went to Tokyo Disneyland. What I loved about Japan is everyone in that country is so respectful. Children still honor their grandparents and, and elders, holding the door open for people, saying thank you. Nobody runs on the sidewalk to cut you off. Everybody's just so polite. I was at Tokyo Disneyland, and I watched a kid drop his bag of popcorn. With no, no oh. yeah. I uh, dropped no, his popcorn, and the father was like, oh. He picked up every little piece. Here, people would just kick it and leave it where it was. Later that day, I dropped a soda on the ground on Main Street. I'm like, I was so humiliated. I waved somebody down. They came and wiped it up with paper towels because I didn't want to be this guy who was taller than everybody in Japan. Oh, the only white short. person in there. Because 
See, I was huge compared to these people. I'm like, I do not, everyone in the park would know it's all the soda. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be that person. Yeah. Such a respectful company. I got lost a few times and one person, they'd look at the street map and point to the train station of which I'd need to go on. Is that my card? I don't know. I feel like all car alarms sound the same, so. Do you think somebody oh, the... was opening my car? Oh, I don't know. What would make it go off out there? Is your car sensitive to the point where you kind of walk past it and? No, but it's right here in the street. Let me just. Oh, can we pause for a minute? Okay, so we'll pause it and then we'll sync this together. Is that okay? Just want to just pick up. Yeah. Mic. Okay. So this is the first. We're gonna pause this, guys, and then we'll. So, uh, continuing on. Do you have a, a guilty pleasure reality show? Um, I did watch. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for a while, but mm -hmm. it just got too annoying for me. I can't watch it anymore, but I watched the first couple of seasons. I did watch The Shaws of Sunset, because MJ lives around the corner from me. Mm -hmm. I drove her an Uber once, too. <laughs> nice girl. And the Tory Spelling one. I loved to hate. Yeah. I love to hate. And then, of course, American Idol. So that's probably the best of all of them, I think. Yeah. American Idol, they were having, like, gosh, was, like... Season the final 80. season. Yeah. Oh, it's the final season now too. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's time. Yeah, it's it's time. Yeah. It is time. I've moved on. I was watching of course I watched the beginning of it. Then I went to the voice and now I'm mm. what do I watch now? What's the one? America's Got Talent. I watched I watch that one too. Every now and then. Yeah. I'm like, it's on, I might as well watch it. Some of the people are talented. Some are not, but then of course that's like at the beginning stages of all the shows anyway. Yeah, you know? I am gonna watch the Real House of Atlanta next season. Oh yeah, Judy Kim Fields from Facts of Life is joining the cast. Shut up! And I love the Facts of Life growing up. Shut I up. just watched the whole box series on DVR because I told you one of the guys is on my show now. So yeah, anyway, I love Judy, so I can't wait to see that. I need to catch up on that show though. I haven't watched maybe even last season, maybe the last two seasons, or last season. Yeah, Something like that, but I gotta either. catch up. But Tootie's coming. You said Tootie is coming, yeah. so season whatever for that, yeah. uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Cool, so we're actually gonna wrap it up. All right. Yeah, so give me, uh, let us know for those listening and those that are watching, where they can find you, social media, stay up to date with projects that you're working on, Disney stuff, non-Disney stuff, where you're getting whipped again. Uh, yeah, so go ahead. Everything will be at www.realityrichard.com. Mr. Hollywood Tour Guide will be listed there. It should be up in about a week or so. Mm -hmm. And my email is realityrichard at gmail.com. Facebook, Instagram is all the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, Reality Richard. That's good. So, uh, anything coming up now that people can watch, or um, are we still kind of working on things? I'm trying to think. Something was coming up, but I can't remember what it was. There's something coming. I know there is. I can't think of it right now, though. Um, well, the Amityville Horror episode of uh -huh. Mr. Hollywood Tour Guide is coming. I think that's it for the immediate future. Immediate, okay. Yeah. Okay. And if you forget, like, obviously it'll, if they're following and listening, then they'll find out whenever right. it is. Yeah. Yeah, because Instagram, um, I post everything on Instagram. So mm -hmm. there's always updates at Reality Richard. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're friends on Instagram. We yeah. follow each other. So if you guys listening and watching, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Periscope, Bacon Eating Megan. Mm -hmm. And my Instagram, Megan A. Weaver, M-E-G-A-N, the letter A, and then Weaver. And then on my Facebook, I am Megan Weaver is the website, the fan page. That's right. And I think that's about it. You know, it's so many of them. But I'm like, that's it. I'm not adding anything else. I'll say, I'll say one more thing. My yeah. Italian teachers from years ago's favorite phrase was, Vivi e lascia vivide, which means live and let live.
Oh, yes. That's how I'm going to end it. I like that. I like that. I like that. Until next time, guys, thank you for listening and thank you for watching. And have a good one. Bye. Bye.